This is episode 22 with Brent Knopf. Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Brent Knopf. Brent is a fantastic musician and has played in various projects throughout the years. From his start in Menomina to his solo project Ramona Falls, he has also co-founded El Vibe with Matt Berninger, lead singer from The National. Brent is also in the process of releasing a new Ramona Falls album. Visit RamonaFalls.com to sign up on his email list to hear the new tunes and get all the latest info. All right, let's get into Brent's story. What types of music influenced you growing up? Uh, a whole bunch. Um, probably started with pop music, like uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight, St. Emil's Fire theme song, Axel Laugh, the uh, Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack, the, um, you know, that, that synth tune by Harold Faltermeyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, it was um, instrumental New Age music. Okay. And then beyond that, I got into... Um, like some some new wave stuff, Depeche Mode in particular, and then after that, like in high school, I got super into grunge music. Okay. So Smashing Pumpkins. Later on, it's like I got really into like Tool. Okay. <laughs> and PG Harvey, and then um, and then uh, Talking Heads, and then a whole bunch of other artists, which I could list off, but that that kind of covers my uh, uh, twenty age twenty and under. Nice, yeah. nice. Um, did you? Grow up playing any instruments or? Yeah, there there was a piano in the house, and my 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 mom is a musician, and singer, and so I would play on the piano a lot. And so she decided to um, have me take some piano lessons. Okay. And I uh, enjoyed them for a few years, but eventually they they kind of started stressing me out, so I quit. But I continued playing and was more just teaching myself by ear. Okay. And then nice. continued doing that ever since, basically. Cool. Um, were you in, in any uh, bands um, growing up, or how, how did how did your first band come about? Uh, I, I always kind of I guess I wanted to be, but um, yeah. I I did I did one performance in high school and one performance in college. Um, the performance in high school, I had a, a friend sing a song that I wrote, and then a performance in college, I I sang um, and played guitar, and, and then a, a different friend um, played drums. We were called Shamrock because it, it was a sham. Um, and we opened for the Matter Rose. Um, it, and yeah. Anyway, it was, uh, <laughs> it was yeah. a funny experience. But um, uh, So I wanted to be in bands, but really, I actually, I actually, I wanted to form a band rather than go to college mm-hmm. um, because there's this really, really good band uh, called Bead, and Bead was comprised of Danny Syme, Justin Harris, and two of their friends, okay. and um, and I, I wanted to basically kind of join that band because I thought they were great. But instead, I went away to college, and then when I was done with college, their band had broken up, and uh, Danny and Justin and I formed Menomina. So the cool. first the first real band I was in was the one that got formed after I graduated from college. That's great. How did the first album come about? Oh well, sure. Well. <clears throat> um, Menomina, we we uh, we yeah, we just kind of started playing around, and we we kind of I, I I sent before I, before I came back to Oregon to form Menomina, I sent the guys like 
I think a, a CD full of 33 songs that I had written. Yeah. And then Danny was incredibly prolific. And so we had kind of decided that Danny and I had decided to form a collaboration. And then I'm not quite sure how Justin got added to the mix, but he was okay. buddies with, with, Just, with, uh, with, with Danny. And, um, but, but it just became clear like, okay, this is it. We're, you know, we three are gonna make music. And then, and then I think Justin and I were kind of trying to write songs more the traditional way maybe, but then mm -hmm. Danny was taking the exports of this kind of computer program that I wrote. Um, I wrote okay. this computer pro program that um, was like a looping recorder thing. And so we actually used that as a tool for generating musical ideas. And, and I think maybe, yeah, I, I just thought it was like a fun exercise, a fun tool, and I thought maybe we would use it in a live setting. Mm -hmm. But Danny actually ended up taking those loops that that program generated, and he ended up using those loops to actually kind of construct songs. And then we started like releasing little demo CDs or whatever to like venues so that we could get a gig. And then we kind of we made an EP of okay. like about five yeah. like five, five songs. It was called called the Rose EP. That's super rare. Um, and then we decided to make a full-on record. And then we had no idea what we were doing technically. Really, we just had like one crappy microphone and a crappy mm -hmm. like desktop computer. And um, and we. Uh, Made that, made, yeah, made that record. It's called I'm the Fumbling Monster. And then, um, yeah, we sent it to a bunch of labels and nobody replied. Okay. And then um, we self-released it and then it kind of like got some attention on the internet. And then That's great. we were able to start our, our musical trajectory from there. Back then, I mean, was kind of like a new new way for mm -hmm. bands mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. you know, do, start, you know, start without working without a label. Sure. Um, how have how have you seen that? I don't know. Change. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, and also the internet has like you know yeah. with Napster and stuff is really complicated the, <laughs> the, the musical landscape. Yeah. And, and now we're we're entering the age, or in the age of streaming. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's hard. I don't know. I guess I'm really grateful for everything that happened because I feel like if we had been reliant on a label, then we would have, wouldn't have been able to do anything. But yeah. we, we instead had kind of a do-it-yourself kind of ethos and we, mm -hmm. and we just like did our own thing. And it was kind of from left field enough that I think it resonated with people. Um, and so I'm really grateful for the fact that the internet allowed us to um, share our music kind of widely and it helped us build a fan base. Um, th these days, I don't know, it's the, the kind of, the terrain has kind of shifted a bit because now that is the main way that people learn about things is, right, is the yeah. internet. So before it was kind of like this back door, but now it seems like the dominant domain. Right. And, 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 and the people that are kind of dominating that, um, that arena are just like, they, they, they're the ones with the major label dollars. And, you know, right. it's, 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 it's not as, it doesn't feel as earthy <laughs> right, as, yeah. as it used to be. I, I, maybe I'm being nostalgic. Do you have any fun like tour stories from back then, of uh, first like big festivals um, that you know you performed at? Um. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing because we were all we, there was a dinner party earlier tonight, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm, I might bring that up during the interview. <laughs> I yeah yeah, so I'll try to make it make it sound fresh. Okay. Um, it, uh, Monomino, our, our very first uh, kind of overseas big festival we played, I forget what it was called. It might have been called La Route to Rock. Or, no, it's something else, I think. Um, anyway, but uh, 
But we, we, we played in France to our biggest crowd ever. I don't know if it was 7,000 people or, or however, I forget. It was a large mm -hmm. crowd. And they gave us a really good, really, really, really good spot on this festival, which yeah. I'm grateful for. Well, we ended up having technical problems and there's kind of a temper tantrum that was thrown. Um, <laughs> and it, there was a lot of awkwardness, awkward silences, or awkward time on stage that had to be filled until like the technical problem was overcome. But then it kind of reasserted itself. So it, there was like, basically, um, at one point um, during the show, there was like a musical object that was being like hurled across the stage out of, <laughs> out of frustration. Yes. <laughs> and so we had like lots of awkward time in front of a French audience and uh, uh, didn't really speak any French. So it was kind of a disaster, um, I think, but also, you know, those are the things, you, you know, that yeah. create memories. And um, yeah, I, I, our, uh, our first, Menomino's first ever um, US tour was also ill-fated. We ended up having a lot of, a lot of uh, mechanical issues with our vehicle. Uh, we, we named, uh, we ended up traveling in a 1977 Sportsman RV. So it was an old RV. But it wasn't really road worthy, and mm -hmm. um, we ended up naming it RV Danger um, <laughs> because nice. because it was so treacherous. It caught it, it caught fire, yeah. caught fire twice. It caught fire twice in different ways. Oh my um, gosh! We Justin almost died from from smoke inhalation. Um, oh no! Well, he yeah, I had to like wake him up. I was like, dude, yeah, it's on fire. Like we got pulled over by the California Fire Department, and he was basically in a dead sleep because all the, all the fumes. Oh, no. It was kind of scary. I was like, get out, get out, come on, get out. Um, I probably should have grabbed him um, by the scruff of his neck. But uh, he, yeah. he made it out, and we put out the fire. And then, you know, everything broke on that vehicle. Um, I could list it off for about five minutes, but we ended up... <laughs> yeah. It was like exhaust yeah. manifold, you know, catalytic converter, muffler, yeah. brakes, brakes master cylinder, alternator belt, steering wheel, the mirrors went out, the camera went out, um, it leaked. Um, oh yeah, all the tires were bald, so the tires popped. Um, and, uh, there's a lot more that went wrong, um, but uh, but we survived, uh, and, and I don't know how. And I, I, I still feel a little. It <laughs> was just the craziest tour. Yeah. Every 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 dollar we made was put into that stupid vehicle. Feel like getting it back, you know, keeping it running. Yeah. But somehow we didn't miss, miss a show, and it's. It's a miracle. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a total miracle. We didn't miss a show. A, co amazing. a couple of shows we were supposed to play first, and we didn't arrive till like music already started. Yeah. But the other bands are nice enough to let us play last, even though they shouldn't have been. So it all it all turned out just fine, and we have all these crazy stories to tell for it. Um, so yeah, that that was the story of the legend of RV Danger. <laughs> so after you were done with Menomina, mm -hmm. um, then you started Ramona Falls. Kind of. Well, or yeah, you, there, there's, the... there's a little bit of overlap. So basically, the recording of our fourth full length got delayed okay. a, by a lot. And, and so I had all these songs that I were kind of like burning a hole in my pocket. So yeah. I thought, well, if Monomen is not going to release a record anytime soon, I might as well release one. And so I okay. um, used that as an excuse to collaborate with a whole bunch of people in my hometown of Portland, Oregon, including, yeah, just like friends and fans I respected and just random, like, random friends. And, um... That's great. It was so, it was so fun. So, you know, the vibe was like, 
I would just, you know, ask for two, two or three hours of the time. I would go over to, to their house and just set up a microphone and record them kind of improvising on top of the song. Or, or sometimes I would tell them what to play. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that was the first Ramona Falls record. That one's called Into It. And then, um, and then after that was over, then Menomina, we finally finished our last, uh, or rather the, the last record that I was part of called Minds, and um, we released that and toured that, but, okay. but, the, but by then, um, whatever personality differences that had kind of always been in Menomina um, kind of became extremely pronounced, and, yeah. and, um, and I, I decided to, to free up those guys uh, from my presence, <laughs> and so I, I, I left Menomina um, after about, what, 10 years with those guys. Um, and, uh, and, and let, you know, encourage them to keep the name and keep going. So yeah. s since my departure, they've released another, another record. But uh, yeah, that did free me up to do more production work, which I had already started. So I, cool. I was kind of producing um, other artists, um, including like Dear Reader. They're now based in Berlin, but she was based in Johannesburg and then like a few cool. others. But yeah. then, and then, I, then I did the, you know, made a second Ramona Falls record and, and more recently, um, released a record with uh, uh, Matt Berninger, he's widely known as the, the singer of the National, and we, we, we did a record together called Return of the Moon, and uh, we're called, we are, our, our project name is called El Vi, so. Yes. Um, and that, that was an incredibly uh, uh, joyful um, experience to how make that record. How did that come together? How, well, how yeah, uh, so, so Menomina and the National toured together a bit, okay. um, so we played several shows together, several handfuls of shows together over the years, and I think um, there's always a lot of mutual respect there. Um, uh, and it was, and then, so, so yeah, we, uh, so when I think Matt, Matt was kind of craving, um, kind of, to, he just kind of wanted to get a different side of his brain kind of stirred around, I think, and uh, so he, he one, one time, Ramona Falls was opening for the National, I think, and was that right? Yeah, I can't remember, but like, and he, and he, I just remember him talking to me about like the, the 400 songs I sent him. He's like, do you have any songs lying around? I'm like, yeah, I got, I'm like, I have a lot. He's like, just, just send them all. So <laughs> cool. I, I sent him like 400 songs and he started kind of developing a few of his favorites into uh, what would later become the, um, the Alvi record. 400 songs is a lot. What is your songwriting process like? Magical. Yeah? No, <laughs> no, it's just. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I, it's just characterized by not really caring, mm -hmm. um, and that's very liberating. Um, so, uh, is that true? Maybe I do care. I don't even know. But it, it's, it's just like you, you just, there's different ways that I can sometimes try to generate material or, or ideas, and, and, and sometimes it's loop-based, you know, in which yeah. case I use that kind of homemade software, you know. And so you just kind of like come up with one a little filament, and then, and then as it's looping, then then the other filaments kind of, um, you just kind of follow where you think other things should be added to that, and then when you're done, you have this collection of things that kind of fit together. But, or actually, with with Elvi though, the, I I've learned that the way that Matt likes to work is he I think he, he he's drawn more to simple, distilled lines that are kind of like. Kind of pure and kind of loopable. So okay. I, so I've, I've, I've shifted a bit now. Now these these days, when I when I write new fodder for the next Elvi record, I'm less. Um, uh, it's usually le less loop based, and it's more. I'm just trying to like 
capture something kind of like elegant and like yeah. and and pure. So, but it's still it's very improvised. So, a lot of the time, I'll just I'll just throw on headphones and get a click track going because that way it's easier to move stuff around later. But mm -hmm. and then I'll just like start playing, uh, and I don't know what I'm going to play or how I'm going to play it, and it just and it just I don't know. It just it just uh, it it's a exercise in randomness really. But then. But then my brain is so eager to find patterns that I'll just kind of end up gravitating toward different patterns, and it's so it, it's just it's just a feeling of kind of dis discovery. But then, but then when I um, write songs for for Ramona Falls, um, that's my solo project where I do singing. Um, then that process can also change. I, I I very often do still use that looping program, but um, for the new record, I I started a lot more with lyrics first, which okay. is a change in. Um, tactics for me, so I would, I just wrote a whole bunch of words, and then I would just set the words up on, a, you know, on the piano, and then I would just like just start singing the mel. I would just start singing the words and just start playing, and uh, I had no idea what I was doing. But then I would just kind of record that moment in that session, yeah. and then, and then later I'd go back and kind of comb through things, and then things that were kind of sticking, things that kind of sounded. Right, I would then more kind of like cognitive, whatever, like try to develop with some some sort of sense of coherence. Uh, when does the new the new record come out? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> it uh, it'll come out very soon. Cool. Um, yeah, it's um, the packaging for the vinyl is now finished. Okay. And I am waiting on the uh, record pressing plant to let me know that the discs have been manufactured and inserted and, and uh, shrink wrapped. So okay. uh, I think this week that'll be done, and then and then I'll be trying to connect with fans uh, directly. So if if you're at all interested in this record, I would encourage you to go to you know I, I'm not trying to do a plug, but I'm like literally I'm not working with with a label, and there's yeah. no, no there's no other way to find it. Yeah. Um. You know, go to RamonaFalls.com and type in your email address and then you'll be on the whatever the alerts and stuff so will it um, only be on vinyl then or will there maybe come into play uh i guess it's possible it'll only be on vinyl i mean there's okay. i've only printed up 500 copies okay um but that's that's still a lot mm -hmm. um and yeah i, I they'll, they'll probably be of a, a digital component okay um, i'm not sure how yet though yeah i'm still toying with some really um uh that's the right word. Ill-advised ideas, I guess yeah. you'd say. But I'm not sure how it's going to get un unrolled yet. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see myself going down completely contradictory routes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's a secret. <laughs> uh, what challenges have you um, encountered throughout the, uh, working in the music industry? I think finding the right people to trust is a really yeah. um, interesting challenge and there were times when, at different stages, um, you know, we were taken in by by people promising the world, you know, or, or yeah. prompts, promising, over promising, kind of. And I and so I think it's, it, I think, the proof is really in the pudding, you know. And you gotta, you really have to um, only work with people that have, you know, a, a legacy of. Of positive relationships and, and positive outcomes, and um, and I, I think if, if you just believe what somebody says, 
they do rather than like figure out the facts of what they've actually done. Right. Um, then you can really get in trouble really quickly. And, and so, and also some bands are in too much of a hurry to kind of do, to get everything, you know, to capture the moon. So, mm -hmm. um, so we, we had a couple issues like that. And then, you know, unwise, you know, whatever. We were so poor, though. We were so poor when we when we ended up using that that R, that ill-fated RV on our first first. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons we chose to try to, to use that RV is under the, um, you know, the, the the assumption that we could sleep in it, but it, it ended up right. leaking, so we couldn't sleep. You in couldn't it. It's, sleep. It's all moldy. Yeah. And, and then and then we thought, oh well, it'll save us driving time because because <laughs> we won't have to. Sleep. Sorry, because we won't have to stop and use the washroom. We'll just we'll just use the, you know we'll just use the bathroom in this thing. But, but that but, but that they, that thing didn't work until uh, until like the last hundred miles. Oh. Um, but um, but I guess the other challenge. I mean the ch the big challenges are just uh, figuring out how to collaborate with people in a way that's constructive and 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 and. and you know, life is complex and people are different and there's going to be more than one ways to to navigate through a, you know, a tricky section on the river, but... Yeah. Um, so there's, there's some really hard lessons about, like, the difference between, like, democracy and dysfunction and, you know, some more, you know, just di different decision-making uh, approaches, which I think anyone in any organization has to eventually face. So, like... Being in a band is, is really tricky, uh, especially if you are trying to all be equals and, and make decisions. Um, yeah. So those are, those are, yeah, it's, it, but it's, it's great though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like it's, uh, it's, I've learned a lot about myself. I've been very, um, I've made a lot of mistakes and, yeah. and, 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 uh, and, you know, probably owe a lot of people an apology for me being kind of insufferable <laughs> here and there. Yeah. But, um, but. Uh, do you whatever. do you get to make music full time? Like, because I know some musicians yes, they still have. I I do, which is why I spend all my time looking at my phone because um, yeah, because <laughs> I like to squander my opportunities. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, I guess the the official yeah, I guess I'm extremely extremely lucky that right now I can pay the rent of yeah. of um, some music related. Um, you know, income like the Elvi had a um, song get on the radio, um, and that was that was that was a super dream come true for me because I've always I've always wanted I've always dreamt of having a song be on the radio yeah. and it's a great song. Well, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's you know it's better than anything the Beatles ever did. I know that, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but but still, it was just it was just so because you know I I think I I feel. I feel kind of proud of that experience because I feel like we weren't chasing any fads. I don't feel like we were like it didn't it wasn't situated it wasn't situated neatly within um, any um, you know sounds of the moment. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I and I and that's kind of my my dream is to make music that it is rooted in in a in a real place that 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 resonates in a grounded way that that isn't just checking out the boxes of what people want to hear right now. Yeah. So, um, I, I, and it would be my dream to, to have that experience again. So, um, to, in other words, to make more, more music like that. So I, I just, I, I just want to, I want to make more, more, more albums and more, more music. So, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I, I, 
have a whole bunch of musical ideas. Obviously, you know, it's just a matter of time, a matter of figuring out where to direct these ideas, because um, Elvia is on the back burner for the time being, while, while Mr. Berninger focuses his energies on, on the national. Yes, yeah. Um, they are uh, one of the world's most successful bands, and so I, um, and also one of my favorite bands in the world, so I, 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 I'm glad he's, um, I'm just so, so, I love seeing those guys. They're just amazing and, and inspiring. So, so yeah. yeah, they're, they're phenomenal. They're yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They're, they are great. They're, <laughs> they really are. They're great. Yeah. Um, all of them. Yeah. And they're such nice, anyway, they're such nice guys. I, um, I, yeah, I, I love them. Why do you love music? I ask this chicks, to all my guests. Chicks, chicks, chicks and drugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, why do I like music? I mean, the, the pretentious answer is that it, it feels true. Um, wh and, and it feels true in a way that I can't really put my finger on. Um, and that's why I find it so intriguing. I guess there, there have been times in my life when I've heard songs that have rang true for me and meant something to me on a deeper level than anything else. And I don't know how that mechanism works or why it does, yeah. but it's, I'm grateful that it works that way. So I think that that's what I like about it, is that it, it, it somehow gets past everything and just stokes this, um, it rings this bell that's like the subterranean bell inside my heart that, um, like there's certain songs that, you know, every time I hear them, I just like, this is, this is, this is what being what being alive should feel like, you know. You know, like the Fong song, for example. <laughs> Do you have any encouraging words to people that work within the industry? Yeah, quit now while you can. No, uh, encouraging words to people who work in the industry. I think that the people who pursue the doing the work for the purpose of doing the work, um, like people who are out to create beauty, I think that's just, that is just a worthwhile enterprise. And, and <laughs> listen to me, I sound so pretentious. It's a zesty enterprise. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, um, and, uh, but for example, like I went, you know, I, I don't listen to choral music, but my friend is in this like choir thing and they did this really difficult piece and the composer was there and it was a, it was just beautiful, and it moved me in this in this other kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I went up to him and I said, you know, thank you for adding beauty to the world, you know. And I and I really feel that that's true, and that's worthwhile, even if it's not rewarded either with social, you know, with praise or <laughs> likes or with you know dollars. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think that that's. I think it, the more. I want to see more people focus on that, you know, um, and and I guess um, so. I would encourage people who are doing those things to keep going because it means a lot to me, and I'm grateful to them. What keeps you going, working, you know, working in music and making music? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fueled by chocolate. I eat a lot of chocolate. That's that's the actual fuel. But but in terms of like, why do I choose to keep doing it? Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, yeah, I feel like yeah. there's a certain tenacity. Or um, I think the, the, the process of co-creating um, is extremely gratifying to mm -hmm. me, um, especially when, you know, 
when you're working with someone and they draw out something in, in, in what you're doing that you, you didn't anticipate or you draw out something in them that they didn't anticipate or you, you kind of you salvage crumbs of, of, of beauty in each other and then, and then draw those things out. That's, there's, a, there's something really special about that process and in general I, I just find that making songs is uh, to me feels like discovery because I because I, I don't really enter into the song knowing what it should sound like knowing what it's going to be about yeah and it's more like the, the song kind of show like eventually reveals itself the more you know if I'm patient and if I'm attentive mm -hmm. to it and again I sound anyway um, I um, I would probably um, I don't, anyway uh, I guess I'm feeling self-conscious about sounding pretentious because usually I don't say these things out loud. Yeah. But um, but um, what keeps me going? Yeah, yeah. The, the sense of discovery. Again, and, and, and some people are, are uh, find gratification in playing playing songs music live, and I, I do enjoy that a lot. But I feel like uh, to me, like there are certain songs that will last, you know, not, maybe not forever, but they'll, they'll last a long time in, in the mm -hmm. consciousness of people and. That's kind of to me the the um, holy grail is is to make songs that people that, that come on you know in some sort of you know as you're as you're traveling to Mars you know thirty years from now mm -hmm. um, and, and you're, you're you're sipping your your kale smoothie um, it, you know the song comes on the the, the space cafe and and you feel um, connected you feel that this this is beautiful this is yeah. um, you feel grateful, and that, that's that's the holy grail is to is to make a song like that someday. Will you be touring with this new album that that's coming out, or yeah, uh, is that yet to be seen? Or? It's it's yet to be seen. I um, have no idea how people are going to feel about this music. Okay, and I um, if, if there if there is a urgency to to see this music performed in different places um, and if it makes sense you know um, financially you know for example to, to do so then yeah. then yeah it would be super fun I would love to do that um, but at the same time I, I um, when, when given the choice between um, playing songs at, at a concert where there you know where no one's in attendance versus being home making another record yeah um, I'll probably choose the latter so it really it really depends on um, <laughs> How, you know whether there's there's a whether there's a demand, and of course, a lot of what touring is is about trying to cultivate the demand. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm I'm quite sure that this uh, you know um, that's the right word that the, the fact that I'm, I'm approaching this against conventional wisdom. Uh, I may end up thwarting this, this <laughs> the success yeah. of this record. But to me, I already feel like I've succeeded with this record. Like I, I already, um, it's the record I wanted to make and how I wanted to make it. Um, and um, so I've done my part. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm positive. Well, uh, 100%. You're, you're very welcome. Um, and um, thanks for having me and thanks for your questions. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks again to Brent for being on the show and to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music Podcast with Jen Fedor.